The following audio was recorded at Stone Oak Bible Church. For more information about our church or for more resources, visit us at stoneoakbible.com. We've been in Jude the past two weeks. We've been using this sentence to help us as we walk through Jude. Now to you who are not able, contend because you are called. We've been working through this sentence backwards. On our first week, we looked at our calling. We looked at the God who loves us and keeps us. We looked at God's desire for mercy, for peace, and for love to be multiplied within us. We are called by God and loved by Him. Last week, we looked at contending. Jude was letting the reader know that people had crept in, that were twisting the grace of God. They were changing the message. Jude called them to contend for the faith. They were to proclaim the truth of God. They were to do this out of mercy, peace, and love. We discussed that we today are in a similar position as Jude. Our application was to also contend for the faith. This brings us to the last two verses of Jude, and probably the most well-known section of this short letter. This section is the doxology of Jude. It's often read during the closing time of churches, which is known as the benediction. It's read as people are usually leaving the gathering and heading back out into the world. It is the change forward, the charge. It is these two verses that we will soak in this morning. Grab your Bibles, phones, or whatever device you're using this morning to look at the Word of God with me. 2020 has been weird. Can we all agree on that? I know we might disagree about a thousand other things right now, but I think everyone would agree with that statement. Because of the pandemic, so many things have had to shut down, close, adapt, and change. One of the things that I miss quite a bit has been sports. I saw an article the other day that was pointing to the fact that sports are the most influential reason that people were getting rid of their cable or their satellite TV services. I am apparently not alone in this feeling of missing them. Sports are starting to return slowly. Just this week, professional baseball returned. It isn't the same as it used to be, but I can finally watch Cardinals baseball once again. It wasn't the first sport to return though. Did you know that soccer has been going on? Probably not. Most Americans don't care about soccer. It's called the beautiful game. For most people that don't enjoy soccer, you probably call it the most boring game. I love watching 90 plus minutes of soccer. I enjoy the back and the forth. I enjoy the rivalries. I enjoy the attempts on goal. I enjoy the physical nature of the game. I also enjoy the team aspect of the sport. It seems today, that a single player can influence most sports in such a tremendous way. 
In basketball, a single star player can change everything. There are only five players on the court for each team. If one of those guys is a superstar, they can touch the ball every time they go down the court. You can craft plays for that specific person in an effort to get them open every time you have the ball. In baseball, that single star player will be up to bat at least once every three innings where they have an opportunity to influence the game. If they are the pitcher, then they'll be handed the ball every half inning until they get tired or perform poorly. I would argue that in soccer, a single player isn't as valuable. In soccer, there are 11 players on the field at a time. Even if your star athlete is on the field as a team, you have to give him the ball in an influential position for him to have the ability to score. You can try and craft plays for your star, but it's completely different than other sports. You can't be dependent and rely upon a single person to carry the rest of the team. I probably love soccer because it was the sport that I was attracted to growing up. From the age of five, I was on the soccer field. I had some great seasons and some terrible seasons. I know I've been talking about sports and some of you have probably tuned me out because of that. Hop right back in. Here's what you need to know. No matter how good or bad I ever was playing soccer, soccer is a game where there must be a reliance upon the team. No single player could influence a team for the positive or negative in such a way to give them a tremendous advantage or disadvantage. A single player is not able. They could try their hardest, but they must know that they have to place winning or losing in the hands of their teammates. They are not able. Now to you who are not able. The sentence that we have been using to help us understand Jude begins with this line. To tell someone they aren't able is culturally different than the message we normally hear. In fact, we often proclaim to our children that they can do anything they set their minds to. If you want to be a doctor, go for it. If you want to be a lawyer, go for it. You can achieve your dreams if you try hard enough. Do you know the slogan for Nike? The logo of the swoosh is often associated with the words, just do it. Are you ready for some trivia? Everyone that you're watching with right now, pick a year that you think Nike began their Just Do It campaign. What year do you think they began that? We can see who's closest. Nike used this slogan as a response to the current fitness brands out there that were catering to a different audience. Nike intended the slogan to be a tough, no prisoners ad campaign. At least that's what Wikipedia told me. So what year do you think they started their ad campaign? Everyone say your year now. I'm about to say the real answer. It began in 1988. Who was closest? Nike is telling us to just do it. And a sentence we're using for Jude says that we are not able. What is it that I am not able to do? We read Jude 24 with me. 
Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. You are not able to do two things in this text. You are not able to keep yourself from stumbling. And you are not able to present yourselves as blameless. Upon these two things, we rely upon the one that is able. Stumbling is something that we all do. It isn't intentional, but it does happen. Nobody wakes up in the morning, gets dressed, brushes their teeth, and looks themselves in the mirror for a motivational speech of stumbling. You are going to stumble today. You're going to do it at the most inopportune time. You're going to do it when every influential person in your life is gathered around. You are going to trip up those stairs at work when your hands are full of opened egg cartons. You're going to hit both shins and drop all the eggs and attempt to catch yourself. But you won't be able to. We don't ask why you're going to be carrying open egg cartons. Just go with it. You go out there and you stumble. When we physically stumble, it's a misstep. Our brains, our eyes, our feet, and our legs, they get off. They don't seem to be a cohesive unit at that time. Where they normally function together, they have a malfunction somewhere. Spiritually stumbling is something that we are all very familiar with as well. We're familiar with this malfunction. Our spiritual understanding and our knowledge aren't in step with our actions. We trip and fall. Sometimes our spiritual stumbling is public, and other times it is private. It is never in secret, though. God sees us every time that we stumble spiritually. Just take a second right now. Think about your spiritual life. How are you stumbling right now? Not like figuratively right now, but literally right now. In this exact moment, now, are you stumbling? What is your mind racing towards? How have you stumbled this week? How have you stumbled this month, this year? What are the areas of your life where you continually stumble? We all have areas in our lives that are like a a raised tile or a board in your house that always seems to catch your foot. What are those places? What are those thoughts? Who are those people? When are those times? What are the things that cause you to continually stumble? Identify them. Stumbling is a part of the Christian life. I'm not sure if you know this about yourself or not, but you aren't perfect. If you don't believe me, take a quick poll with those around you right now. You will stumble. Jude, however, has some encouraging words for us. We just talked last week about contending for the faith. We also talked about the way that we contend matters. We should do this with mercy, peace, and love. It is hard. Jude ends with a section of encouragement. We've continually used this same sentence. Now to you who are not able. But this isn't what our text says. These last two lines in the book of Jude are so helpful. Jude no longer is speaking to the Christians of his day. His language changes. He's speaking now to God himself, to the God who is able. We need to hit the stop button here. Take off the seatbelt and get out of the car. Our God is 
able. That is a complete sentence. I'm not referring to it being a complete sentence in the grammatical sense. I don't mean that it has a subject, a verb, and a noun. I mean that the sentence is complete in every way it could mean complete. God himself is complete. He is perfect. He is in control of all things. He has created everything. He knows everything. He is perfectly powerful. Our God is able. It's a tremendous way for you to begin your prayers. Now to him who is able. What are you facing today, this week, this year? Have you brought it before the God who is able? Now to him who is able, if it is in your will, will you remove this sickness? Now to him who is able, will you provide a job? Now to him who is able, will you give me direction? Now to him who is able, will you guide my wife and I regarding the upcoming decisions we have about school? Now to him who is able, will you guide Stone Oak Bible Church and its leaders? Now to him who is able, will you remove this pandemic? Now to him who is able, will you keep me from stumbling? God, I desire to be obedient, but my flesh is still here. Sin at times looks so appetizing that I follow Adam and I take a bite. God, I am sick and tired of falling and failing you, choosing my own will over yours. Will you keep me from stumbling? I need your help to avoid those places, those thoughts, those times that I am prone to stumble. How many times have you tried to keep yourself from stumbling? Have you ever asked the one who is able to keep you from stumbling? I'm, I'm literally meaning that you stop what you're doing right now and you hit your knees. You can turn off your device that you're watching this sermon on right now. I won't know or I'd be offended. Do you need some help? Listen, right below, right below me right now is a button that says live prayer. If you'd like to chat with someone, hit that button. We have people waiting right now who would love to help you reach out to the one who is able. If you'd rather talk to someone at a later time, you can call or you can text us. You can do that at any time. 210-802-6571. Again, I'm serious. If these three weeks that we are spending in Jude end with just a single person relying upon the God who is able, then praise God. Christian, you aren't the superstar. You need to rely upon the one that is able. I don't know if you're like me, but when I think of my past and my current stumbles, it causes me to see myself in a different light. Oftentimes, it isn't a positive light. I see all my own sin on display. This is terrifying. We have monthly prayer gatherings as a church on the first Tuesday of each month. You're invited. We typically follow the ACTS acronym to help organize our prayer time together. The acronym stands for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. It is, it's often during the time of confession that I am most impacted. It's after we have adored God. We have prayed the attributes of God back to him. 
We have told God who he is and also reminded ourselves of who we are praying to. We often look at his perfect character. We see his beauty in all its facets. We remind ourselves of our perfect God that we have access to. Right after that, we look at ourselves. There's a difference when I look at myself right after looking at God. There isn't even a comparison between myself and God. When I see myself in this vulnerable vulnerable position and put myself into the light that reveals all the dark nooks and crannies, there is shame. There is rejection. I want to put all the bad stuff away and hide it in the shadows. This is relatively expected. How should we respond then? Jude lets us know that God isn't only able to keep us from stumbling. Verse 24 continues and says, Now to him who is able to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. We know we aren't blameless. We've just looked at our past and our current stumblings. Blameless isn't probably how any of us would describe ourselves. Yet, we have a God who is able to present us as blameless. Not hidden in the shadows. Not with a pretty exterior paint while the inside is rotten. We are presented as vulnerable, wide open, and blameless. We are presented to the only God, verse 25 says. We are presented through Jesus Christ, our Lord. How does this happen? What changes? We know we aren't blameless, yet we are presented as blameless. We're presented in this way because of what Jesus has accomplished on the cross. I am a stumbling fool, yet Jesus has died the death that I deserved so that I can be presented as blameless before God himself. My sin and stumbling are removed. They're removed by the God who is able. He is able because he has sent his one and only son to die upon the cross. He is able because he has provided the perfect, spotless, and blameless sacrifice for all. He is able because he is seated upon the throne. He is able because his son took on the form of man. He is able because we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. He is able because he sympathizes with us in our weakness. He is able because he is without sin. He is able because he is full of mercy, of peace, and of love. He is able He is able because it is finished. Praise to the God who is able. Notice how we are presented as well. At the end of verse 24, it says we are presented with great joy. There is great joy because God looks upon us and sees his son. He doesn't see our sin and our shame. When you look at all of your stumblings, Your reaction is not the same as God's reaction. He doesn't see it as you do. All of the stumbling you have done, are currently doing, and will do, has been paid for upon the cross. He is able. How God sees you isn't with regret or remorse. 
to those that have placed their faith in the perfect work of Christ upon the cross, you are presented as blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. I don't know who's on the other side of the camera right now. However, I do know this. There is great joy in God when he looks at those that are covered in the blood of his son. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. That which is covered in the crimson blood is declared to be perfect and pure as white snow. This is the majesty of the gospel. We who stumble are given the one who can keep us from stumbling and presents us to the God who finds great joy in us. The one who is able was sent to the ones that are not able. This is the mystery of the gospel. The book of Jude is relatively short. Because of that, it's easier to see the bookends of this letter. There's a tie between the beginning and the ending of this book that Jude wants us to see. Read the second line of verse 1, where Jude lays out this letter. He lays out who this letter is for. He says this, To those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. Do you see the language now of verse 24? Now, to him who is able to keep you, we are kept for Jesus by the one who is able to keep us. There's a doctrine that I believe is extremely important, and that doctrine is assurance of salvation. Assurance of salvation simply means that you know you are justified or in a right standing with God. There's a method of evangelism that uses questions to help drive conversation towards the gospel. One of those questions is the following. If you were to die tonight and stand before God, and he were to ask you, why should I let you into heaven? How would you respond? Regardless of what you think about this method of evangelism, the answer to that question is an important one. How would you respond? The doctrine of our assurance of salvation is so vital for this question. Notice in the book of Jude, who is it that is doing the keeping? It is God. You see, your salvation is not dependent upon you. Praise God that it isn't. If it were dependent upon you, you would have stumbled your way out of it by now. You see, you didn't earn your salvation. Your salvation was a gift from God. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. You had no hope. God moved. You can't earn your salvation. There's no amount of works that can bring you to the top of the salvation mountain. God came down in the form of man through Jesus Christ to secure your salvation. You've been sealed by the Spirit of God. Just as you didn't earn your salvation through your works, you cannot unearn your salvation through your works either. You are kept for Jesus Christ. Now to him who is able to keep you. Christian, you are kept. God is our Savior, our perfecter, and our keeper. Jude finishes this book with a time of worship.
his ascribing to God, the attributes of God. If you're looking at how you can pray during a time of adoration of God, verse 25 is a great place to begin. Jude is ascribing to God glory, majesty, dominion, and authority. These are all attributes of the one who is able. Within him is glory, majesty, dominion, and authority. He is in control of all things and has dominion and authority over all things. He is worthy of all glory and majesty. Our God is the glorious one. He is the one who is able before all time and now and forevermore. Now to you who are not able, rest in the one who is able. Contend for the faith now and forevermore because you are called by the only one who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you blameless before all time and now and forevermore. Amen.